And it's good to have Brother James and Sister Mary Catherine beat with us. And they're from Long Island, New York area. In fact, they're newly elected pastors, someone you may know, Brother Jonathan Walker. Amen. His parents, Brother Marvin, Sister Claudette Walker. Brother Jonathan served over 20 years there at, this, at that church as youth pastor and just recently been elected as pastor. And we love that family, the Walker family. But it's so good to have the Beak family with us. They are missionaries. They're going as intermediate missionaries to the United Kingdom and the Channel Islands. I don't know where that the Channel Islands is, but we're going to learn that tonight. I know where the United Kingdom is. And their daughters, uh, Kayla and Alexa, are with us tonight. And uh, let's welcome, amen, the Beak family. Appreciate them for being here with us. And excited about what the Lord's doing in their life and how God's going to use them. So I'm going to invite Sister Beak to come at this time and to greet you. Then her and Brother Beak can take it from there. Let's welcome them tonight. God bless the Beak family. Sunday evening. It's very hot outside, so it's nice to be indoors this evening. <laughs> Where we live in Scotland, it does not get this hot, and I know it's only going to get hotter. In Jesus' name. <laughs> we want to say thank you to your pastor and his wife for inviting us here this evening. Thank you so much for the hospitality and just getting to know some of you before service and hopefully after service. Um, as your pastor said, we are missionaries to the UK, United Kingdom, and I do not have a Mississippi accent. I don't have an American accent for that reason. I was born in Scotland. I am um, a missionary kid, so that's where my twang comes from. <laughs> I do try and slow things down a wee bit for you so that you can understand everything that I'm saying, uh, but I'll go more into that in a moment. I'm just going to share some fun things about the UK, maybe some things you, you already know, some things you might not know. Uh, but before that, I do want to say thank you to this church for every fundraiser that you do for missions, for global missions, uh, for Move the Mission. That is another big fundraiser that helps missionaries out. And for also ladies' ministries. This is a huge help towards missionaries. I know there's a lot of other um, aspects that these departments help out with. But for missions, we want to say thank you, and thank you again, in Jesus' name. We do have a table in the entryway. Um, Kayla was out there earlier. Um, so there's some things on there that are for sale, and all of these funds go towards our projects. If you can put that first slide up for us. We have several projects that we are raising funds for on the road, and anything that you purchase off the table will go directly into those funds. However, if God moves on you tonight and you want to give a special offering towards one of those projects, we have these green slips on the table that you can fill out, write a check, and it will go right into that account. If you do not like paper, I know some people don't, we have a text to give option that you can give right at the table, and it will go again directly into one of those projects. So we want to say thank you for that. Um, you can see the four that are there. Uh, we are fresh on the deputation trail, so we do have a little bit, I keep saying wee bit, wee bit. Some things are a bit big up there. But we have some projects we are focusing on. But if you can put that next slide up. No matter the amount, every little bit helps. 
And as we travel through Mississippi at this point, God has been blessing our projects. But if you feel, well, I just don't know what to give. I only have five, I only have a dollar. Every little bit helps towards our projects. And that last slide, we just simply want to say thank you. Thank you for giving to missions. And I know this church is a missions-giving church. You have missionaries going from your very own church. So thank you, not only from us, but from Global Missions. Thank you for your giving. So now to the fun stuff. There are four countries within the United Kingdom. Scotland, where we live. England, to the south of us. Wales and Northern Ireland. All of these four countries make up the United Kingdom. Lots of history, lots of accents. The Scottish accent does not sound like the English accent. The English accent does not sound like the Welsh accent. And the Irish accent, well, that's just, that's a whole nother kettle. <laughs> so if you're from Ireland in here, God love you. <laughs> All of these four countries combined is 68 million people. So however small it looks on the map, I think we looked before, and you can fit it into Texas three and a half times. So there's a lot of souls there, but we are believing God for great things. On the drive here, just out of curiosity, I looked at the population of Mississippi. And I know Google, you can't trust Google for everything, so please correct me if I'm wrong. But it said it's just shy of three million people. Does that sound about right in Mississippi? 2.9, okay, so the city that we live in, in Glasgow, is just over 2 million people, so a very big city, and as of right now, we have one campus church, and we have two other churches that we are starting within the city, but just to put it in a bit of perspective for you, does anyone know how many churches are in Mississippi? There are a lot, (laughs) And we traveled from Caledonia to here for this evening, and there's a lot just in that little stretch right there. So just to put it into perspective for you of the work that needs to be done, just in our city alone. Now, we do speak English, as you can hopefully tell. Um, (laughs) But we do have some different phrases and different uh, words that we use for things that are different to North America. Here's a couple of examples. Chips are crisps, and fries are chips. So that can get confusing. Soccer is football. I think most everyone would know that one. The elevator, we call it a lift. The trunk of your car is the boot of your car. And the restroom is just simply the toilet. The whole room is the toilet. So (laughs) it's not a bathroom either. Um, (laughs) Just the toilet. If you are very tired, you are shattered. I'm just shattered. Very descriptive. If something is great, it's smashing or brilliant. And another fun fact, we do drive on the other side of the road. So that can be fun when you're going between countries, between here and there. Very interesting. And our our steering wheel's on the other side too. If you want to give someone a call, you can keep this one in your back pocket for April Fool's maybe. But if you want to give someone a call, you just tell them, I'll give you a tinkle. (laughs) I hope that didn't offend anyone. (laughs) So as well as different words and phrases, 
I do slow down a wee bit for you tonight. But I'm going to read a small excerpt from one of the Gospels, and it's when Jesus calls his disciples to be fishers of men. It is in English, it is faster, and it is from the Bible. So see if you can follow along. When Jesus heard that John had been put in jail, he went after Galilee. And from then on, he started his preaching, saying, Turn for your sins and turn to God. Now one day, as Jesus was taking a wee donner along the beach, he saw two brothers, Simon, Peter, and Andy, cast their nets in the water. Come on, me, Jesus said to them, And I'll teach you not to catch fish, but to catch men. Right there and then they left their fishing and went with Jesus. A wee bit further along the beach, Jesus saw two mere brothers, Jimmy and John, mending their nets with their father. Jesus called to the brothers and at once they left their father and went along with Jesus. So that can be fun if you've never been there before and expecting English. Throughout history, the nation of Scotland has been known for very... A lot of famous things, inventions, people, landmarks, but it is also a history of revivals. In the north, if you look at the, a map of uh, the UK, in the north there's some islands that are dotted there, and these are known as the Hebrides. And what's interesting to know is that way back, way back when, before this Pentecostal movement came to the US, it started there. Two little old ladies felt a need to pray for their nation. And they prayed until something happened. Bars began to close. Nightclubs shut down. People's way of life started to change. And a mighty revival took place. Started in the north, came down to the central part of Scotland where we live. Went down into England. And then over to the Welsh revival, which you might have heard of. And from that Welsh revival, it trickled over to America to the Azusa Street Revival. And we believe that God is moving in our nation, stirring the waters again, and that history is going to repeat itself. Amen? As you may know, our nation is very old, very, very old. And with that comes beautiful castles, beautiful landscapes, and great tales. However, it also comes with strongholds of tradition a hardness in people's hearts against religion and all manner of things that are Christ-like. In 2018, our family was at a camp meeting on our last deputation. And Brother Eli Hernandez prophesied over our family. He did not know us. He didn't even know where we were missionaries to. But he had a word from God and that God was going to dispatch angels before our return to prepare the way for us. And we can stand here today to say that God has just done that. As I mentioned, the millions of souls that are in our nation. But as we got back to Glasgow in 2019, just within a couple of months, God began to open doors out of nowhere. We live in a very multicultural city now. But we were unaware of the amount of Spanish individuals in our city. And for some reason, God laid it in our heart to pray for Spanish people. Our family does not speak Spanish, but we prayed for Spanish people. And God put it in our past. A couple from Bible school that are bilingual decided, you know how God works, they just decided to stay in Glasgow. And we're like, that's great. Well, you know, they'll use them in the ministry. We knew they spoke Spanish, but, you know, one and one didn't add two at that point. And as we started to pray, it was only a matter of weeks that the connection was made 
to a group of Spanish individuals meeting in a home. No pastor. They just wanted to get together and read the word of God. Connections were made. We began to hold a service in our church campus. And that first service, there was 55 of them that showed up. Just like that. And we give God praise for that. And from that, it has began to develop into their own church. And we still don't speak Spanish, unfortunately. (laughs) We're trying. (laughs) But God is moving in that extension work. And it's far reaching, more reaching than that. They have connections everywhere. They have connections throughout our nation, throughout in England. And God is making ways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And we give God praise for that in Jesus' name. We could probably be here for a long time. I know my husband's going to share some things, just telling the doors that were open before us. And, and this may sound, I mean, you may be a seasoned saint here tonight, but don't think I'm being funny or facetious. When, but sometimes when you pray for things and God answers them, the first thing we do is question. You might not do that in here, but I do. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> well, we prayed for it. Can I get an amen? (laughs) And sometimes we just have to really shake ourselves into knowing that we are in the will of God and that prayer does work. Amen. And that doors open because we prayed for it to happen. We're going to show you a quick video here. And it's a video of what God has done, but what we believe God is going to do as we return to the UK. Amen. It has been said, history repeats itself. In Cambus Lang, Scotland, 1741, a man named William McCulloch, not known as a great preacher, but full of passion for God's promises. McCulloch would read a biblical revival to the church, hunger stirred in the hearts of men. In 1742, Over 30,000 souls were being impacted at these meetings. History is about to repeat itself. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the former things of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand. I will do all that I please. History is about to repeat itself. And the door is open right now. hour just like we see in Scotland there is an open door a time of heavenly visitation 
people are searching for relationship, not religion. The spirit is being poured out. The question is, are you watching? Are you expecting? Or are we like Paul in Colossians chapter 4, continuing in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. I believe that God has set the open door before his church. Will you walk through it and let history repeat itself right where you are? History is about to repeat itself. And the door is open right now. Thank you for your prayers and your sacrificial giving. We could not have made it this far without your help. From our family to you, we'd like to say thank you. There is much more that is yet to be done. And we thank God for what he has done around the United Kingdom, here in Scotland, the Channel Islands. You can be a big part of that as we move forward. And you can follow us on our social media pages at Beef Missions, and you can track the progress there. But much more than that, we would like you to pray with us because there are still many doors in unchurched cities that are yet to be opened. Would you pray with us? Amen. And I can, I can ask you to stand at this time. And if you can put that last slide up there. In the last part of the video, there was four cities that came on the screen. And that was Oban, Dundee, Aberdeen, and Stirling. And these are four strategic cities that we would ask you right now if you can join with us in prayer. We have prayer cards on our table in the back so that you won't forget with these four cities. You can see them there, the number, the thousands of souls. Oban is the gateway to the islands on the west. Aberdeen, the city of granite in the north. We're believing for a strong apostolic work there. In Dundee, in the Celtic, it means fortress of fire. And we're believing for an apostolic fire revival to take place there. And last but not least is Stirling, which is key to the north. And one main thing that I would like you to pray for in Stirling is that a light of truth would be found there. It is a city steeped in witchcraft. There's witches that roam the streets. They chase us out of the city when we go there. It is so dark and it's so, it's needing the light of truth. Let's put it that way. So if you can take a few moments just now and lift up these cities with us in the name of Jesus. God, we come before you right now as a family and as a church, Lord, for the city of Oban, oh God. We pray right now for the souls in that area. Lord, we pray for laborers, Lord, that as we step foot in that city, God, that we would walk through an open door of revival in the name of Jesus. We pray for Aberdeen, oh God, the thousands of souls in that city. But God, we are believing for a mighty work to take place there. We believe for Dundee, oh God. We believe, Lord, for a fresh fire of the Holy Ghost to fall in that city in the name of Jesus. And we pray for Sterling, oh God. We come against every spirit of the enemy in that city in the name of Jesus. And we believe right now that your light, the light of truth, would shine forth in that city. And God, we believe that as we have prayed for open doors in these cities, 
that you will open a door right here in Tupelo in the name of Jesus. Lord, let doors begin to open in this city here in the name of Jesus. We believe. We believe for open doors, oh God. And we believe for a confidence of the Holy Ghost to walk through those doors in faith in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So just begin to give him praise and thanksgiving tonight in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that God is going to do that right here in this area as well, would you just clap your hands in faith and say, God, do it right here. Do it right here in Tupelo, oh God. Do it across this city, oh God. Do it, Lord, again in Mississippi. We know you're not done yet, Lord. We know there's still many lost and dying. We know there's hungry souls, oh God. Do it, Lord, in our area. Do it around the world, we pray. In Jesus' name, if you want to make that declaration by saying amen, would you shout that as you're seated in Jesus' name? Amen. Thank you so much for praying with us. And your partnership of prayer is what we covet the most. Of course, partnering with us in financial blessings is a great thing for us to get home. But your prayer is what goes beyond all that. And I know that you will do that as you have done that for missionaries coming through this church and I know you'll continue to do that for us. We appreciate that. Amen. I want to give honor to your pastor and uh, his wife tonight and just appreciate them and their heart and uh, getting to know them, all the ministry team here. Uh, we honor each and every one of you. We appreciate allowing us to come, share our heart and our burden for what we feel God is wanting to do. And um, if you don't know us, you'll get to know us just before the end of the service. We like to be a blessing as much as we receive it in our lives because I, I, I firmly believe that my dad taught me, says, you go to everywhere you go with an empty hand. That means if you receive something, you pour it back out and bless as much as you've been blessed. And so we're here tonight. Yes, we are receiving from you, but we want to impart into your life because I believe that God has got something for you tonight. And I believe that in the Holy Ghost, there's going to be a touch. There's going to be a shift. There's going to be a move of, of the Spirit of the Lord before we leave this place tonight. And I believe that your faith is going to be lifted. I believe that somebody is going to walk in faith. I believe that somebody is going to receive something in this altar today. Because that's just what it's all about, is that God would move in our midst and do something mightily in us. And so, again, we thank you for the privilege. We've come also to bless you tonight. And in doing so... We want to just turn your attention to the Word of God, and that's in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. I am going to share a little bit of stories tonight, but I feel just to bring this Word. Uh, your pastor did give us uh, a little bit of liberty here. Well, not a little. He said, just take your liberty, and I won't stretch that liberty beyond what is needed. But I do want to share some things, but the Lord put something on my heart for this church uh, before we came here. And I believe it's going to be an encouragement to many lives before we leave and that God's going to do something with this word in Jesus' name. Before we turn to the word, I, I'd be remiss to not say this. Uh, Aberdeen that you saw there in Dundee, we just started praying for those over the last five months or so. And God's already begun to open. We have one aimer going, thank the Lord. And then also in Dundee, we have an avenue through the university. If you're Christian, they will not turn you down. 
And so we have an open door for a study group. And those, those doors have already been opened. So pre, please pray with us that God will expand those opportunities. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, down to verse 3, and then verse 11 says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. Down to verse 11, it says it like this. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. If you would allow me just to read one more portion of scripture in John chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. And if you can't turn it quick enough, it'll be on the screen. It says, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And he saith unto them, every man at the beginning does set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. And so you might have heard this thought or this theme before, but I'd like to preach it because I feel the Holy Ghost in this right now. But I want to preach on this thought for the next few minutes. It's your time now. Would you turn to one neighbor and high five them and say, it's your time now. Amen. And if you've agreed with somebody, would you say amen? And you may be seated in Jesus' name. I'm so thankful that our God is not growing, He's not evolving, He's not changing into something that He is not already. He is now, He is everything that He will ever be. And the Bible declares this and puts the emphasis right on that, that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But somehow, we have this kind of broken mentality and thinking that, one day God is going to be everything that I need Him to be. One day God is going to answer my prayers. Or one day God is going to do what I asked Him to do. Or one day God is going to be as big as I think Him to be. Can I say to the church, to the apostolic church here, that has just saw some things happening around the world but believes that there's things happening right here, that the things that God is doing is not going to come at later time. It's not going to come when you suppose it to be. But there are things that are happening right now. There are things that are moving in the heavenlies right now. There is things that God is doing right now. It might not be right here in this room, but he is doing things in this city. He's doing things in your life. But he's also doing things around the world that are happening right now. I'm thankful for that. The scripture said to us that he has set forth the good wine. He saved it until now. Can I say I feel like that in my spirit the best is not in the past. You might have a good testimony, and I thank God for healing power. I thank God for when he saved me on January 8, 1990. That was an amazing day, but I thank God he's still saving me today. I thank God for the miracles of what he's done. Come on, somebody, you got a testimony tonight? I thank God for what he did in this, your service this morning and in our service this morning. But the best is not in the past. The best is right now. 
if you got faith in your spirit, would you just stand to your feet and say, God, I believe you can do something right now. God, I believe you can move in this service right now. I believe that there can be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost right now in my life. Lord, I came in the house needing something. I believe you can do it right now. Come on, would you lift your eyes to heaven and say, Jesus, do it right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, I need you to get with me. I know you're with me for a moment, but the best is right now. The best blessing is right now. Come on, there's miracles in the house that can happen right now. The greatest revival of the church is right now. We can have everything right now. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Clap your hands if you believe that today. There is, there is an absolute declaration. You may be seated. There is an absolute declaration that needs to be made in your heart if you are a believer of everything that God wants to do in His Word. Because we got to be able to say in our spirit, because there's a lot of things that are around us right now that want to shake you. And can I say the mentality of the world is not to shake you later, is to shake you up right now. And so if they can steal your now, you might have just walked past the best blessing in this service. You might leave this place. My, my pastor, I grew up in an old church where if the service wasn't going right, my pastor would reach behind his seat. Some people would think it's a gun. It was never a gun. It was the mandolin. It was sheep behind his seat. And if the Holy Ghost wasn't moving like it was supposed to, he would reach behind there. He wasn't worshiping. He was about to do something to make, make certain that the Holy Ghost moved in that service. And he would reach behind there. He'd come up to the pulpit, and he would sing a song. Now, this might just date me because I'm an, a young man and an old soul. I tell you what. He would sing, this train is bound for glory. And let that church know that something was happening in the service, that we didn't come to a Sunday night meeting just to have a regular happy, clappy time. But they came to say, hey, God is here in the house. Why not let something happen? Yeah. Hallelujah. And so I want to declare to everybody here, revival is coming to Scotland, and it's happening right now. Let me tell you what's happening. On a yearly basis, we normally baptize between 10 and 12 people on a yearly basis. But just while we've been on deputation, they've already baptized 22. And 23 have gotten the Holy Ghost. Why? Because revival's happening right now. Miracles are moving and God is doing great things. It is happening right now. And I've come to tell somebody, just in case you're concerned with God not being good enough or God not being everything he is and that he already is, your growth is coming. Your growth is happening right now. You are growing in Christ. Miracles are working. You might not see it. The song says it too well. Even when I don't see it, he's still working. Prayers are being answered as you pray them. And we are more than conquerors through Christ. Victories are before. Us. We're overcomers by situations we're facing. You're a son and daughter of the living God. And so if you believe that in your spirit, you got to know that when you pray or when you believe it, that something moves right now and something will shift right now in this place if we declare it in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
I know the mentality. I know the mentality. Scotland is a country, my wife said it all too clear, of stubborn people. Guess what? I'm more stubborn than they are anyways. Because what I believe, I believe stronger than what they believe. And I'm just stubborn enough to say, hey, you can believe that, but let me tell you something. And I've seen some people get narrow-eyed with me, Brother Robbins, get narrow-eyed and say, hey, I'm just going to say my piece. But guess what? My eyes get bigger than their narrow eyes. And all of a sudden I say, let me tell you what the Word of God says. Let me tell you what Jesus wants to do in your life. Let me tell you what he can do right now. And I tell you what, there's been some people outside the doors of the church in the parking lot begin to pray with them and the Holy Ghost begin to fall on them. Why? Because I'm not waiting for another service. I'm just saying, hey, I live in the moment of now. And if God wants to move, let him move. If God wants to do it, let him do it right now. Why are we waiting? God is moving. I just say to myself all the time, there's no reason why we're not out there winning people on a daily basis. I tell you what, there's so many people you walk by that are just ripped up, broken up inside. And you might not think it, but they were just like you. When somebody got down on a chair and prayed for you on a Sunday, Monday or Tuesday or whatever day of that week when they felt the moment of now to pray for you. And guess what? They reached for your soul. And they prayed for you. Or maybe they witnessed to you on a street corner. Or maybe you grew up in church and you still needed to be witnessed to because you didn't know what you were in. But let me tell you something tonight. There is a moment of now where the church needs to live in. Where we can just begin to reach to this lost and dying world. I feel for the Tucker family right now. And I tell you what, I, I could make this service about them. I love them and they don't even know it right now. Because my heartbeat is their heartbeat. They're going into a country and they don't know what they're facing. But can I tell you, they don't need to know what they're facing. They just need to know who they're going with. They just need to know what they're walking with. And if they got a mind of faith that says, hey, I'm going to see some things. I'm going to see God move. I believe that the Holy Ghost is going to, it will happen. Because we got to believe it. Oh, I wish there would be an apostolic in the building that would just say, I'm, I'm sick and tired of walking by some things, opportunities that I've missed, or opportunities that I could have been a part of. It's happening right now. Hallelujah. Clap your hands if you love the Lord tonight. So my question to you, you may be seated, is why put off uh, tomorrow what you can have today? When do you want God to do that work you've been asking him to do in your life? Because there is a lot of convincing going around us. And even though he don't deserve credit, the enemy of your soul, he's not concerned about the situation you're you're facing. He He don't care what you go through. He doesn't care what your temptations are. Guess what? He's only concerned about knocking you off your faith and your walk with God. And God is concerned about the people and their faith tonight. And he's trying to look down on us and saying, hey, get your faith right. Get your walk with me right. Because there's too many opportunities that the church is passing by. And we need a new mindset just like Martha. There's some things that have gone on and, and died, and we, we really feel like God could have moved in a situation. 
But I looked at the story of Martha and Mary when Lazarus had died. And there was something in between the two scriptures where she was going before the Lord. In verse 21 and 22, she said, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus, being who he was, and looked her in the face and, 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 and just watched her begin to share and open her heart. But she said this in verse 22. She says, but I know that even now, God. Can I tell you, church, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. Because you see in those four cities up there, we prayer walked in those cities. My wife said some of them, they don't chase us out of the cities. We chase the witches out of the cities, by the way. I tell you what, because we've been the one city that was on the video, Perth. For 12 years, they told us, you're not going to come here and have an apostolic church. I said, that's not the way it's going to happen. Now, 12 years we prayed because every single time we prayed, we said, God, open the door. And we would go in that city and people would literally try to threaten us out of the city. But I told, I told our people, if you get a moment of prayer, you go and pray. We're not stopping. Just because people say it doesn't mean God don't want it. We don't live on that level. And so I said, you keep going to that city, and we're going to see an open door. Guess what? We were on deputation. I get a phone call, Brother Beak, Brother Beak. Guess what happened? We were praying, and all of a sudden we felt in faith just to empty some seeds on the ground. And we said, God, if your word is true, bring increase to this right now. Guess what they did? They walked around the corner, and there was a club group. It was kind of a poet lounge. And the stage was empty, and those young people poked their head in the door. And the guy caught their attention and said, hey, what are you here for? Now, if they hesitated and ran away because they were afraid, nothing would happen in that city. But they poked their head in and said, hey, we're in here praying for the city. And we're in here to let people know who Jesus is. And we want to tell people. And the guy said, well, there's a microphone. There's a pulpit. Get up there and tell us who Jesus is right now. Come on, somebody. If you would just take the moment of faith that you feel and walk with it and say, Jesus, do the work right now. Come on, somebody. Come on, lean on that prayer request. Jesus, do it right now in my life. Come on, lift your hands and, and pray for that thing you've been praying for and say, do it right now, Jesus. God, reach us, Lord, in our faith tonight, Lord, I pray. Help us, Lord Jesus. It might be dead, but you got to say, I know that even now, God, you can resurrect it. Jesus turned around to Martha and said, guess what? If you say now, the situation's about to live. Your brother's about to rise up. Can I say that to the church right now? God is about to rise up in Scotland and the Channel Islands. It don't seem like revival can come to an old, stubborn country. We've been there where preachers say, this is the hardest ground you I've ever preached in. I said, well, it's just hard ground, but it's breaking up. And guess what? We're seeing it break up right now. We're seeing some things let loose in the Holy Ghost because I refuse to quit and I refuse to give up. My God is more than able. And if he don't do it on my time schedule, I will still get up every day and say, God, is today the day? Is today the day? God, I'm going to walk in it today. Come on, somebody. Where's your faith today? Do you believe God is more than able? That book in Hebrews, that book in Hebrews tells us that that word now is like the trigger that pulls the action lever 
on God moving in our situations. The key to that whole chapter 11, it talks about by faith or in faith or through faith. But I really feel like it was the now faith that began to see the response. And can I say that there is doubt flying through this room? There was doubt trying to creep up in my mind. Just like the man who brought his son and he walked up to, to the Lord and, and said, Lord, can you, can you cast the devil out of him? And he's like, but Lord, help thou my unbelief. You know, our faith and our doubt collide all the time. Guess what? That's your humanity. But I refuse to be more flesh than I am spirit. There is a balance that we need to, to partake of tonight. I, if we're going to see everything that God is going to do, then we need to say, God, I'm going to let the spirit have more access than I'm going to let my flesh have more access. Are you with me this evening? Are you with me tonight? Can I tell you that through the ages of time, God's greatest challenge has always been getting people to move when he wanted them to. I felt, come on, I felt something right there. Because the Lord told my wife and I, now I don't want to be here as much as I want to be home. Take that in the kindest way. Home is Scotland for me. I've been there almost 17 years. I got roots in those ground. I got seeds in the ground. I want to see them grow. And I'm going to tell you in a moment about what God has been doing. And it's an apostolic experience. And if you don't dance, I'm going to dance in the altar anyway. So, hey, But I, let me tell you something today. God's greatest challenge has been getting people to do what he needs them to do when he's working with the moment of now. And can I tell you why? It's because our mind needs to be restored to the place where we really believe God is who he is. And so the Lord told my wife and I, and this happened every time we come on the road, we have some prayer warriors in our life. And I'm going to share this transparent story with you. My pastor's wife, they had just retired, and so they just moved on. But she met us before we started traveling. She said, Brother Beak, you will be used as a source of restoration. Can I tell you, I have felt that flow in my spirit. God put in my spirit, Joel chapter 2, 23, 25, and 28, and began to show me some things in that scripture where there's some things that God wants to do in his church. We automatically go to Joel 2, 28. Oh, pour it out, God. But can I tell you, before God truly and, and, and really pours it out upon us, we have to understand something. In 23, he tells us of the former and the latter rain that will come. Okay, that's the declaration of the Holy Ghost. But in 25, what does he say to the, the people? He says, I will restore that which you've lost. Huh. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. Uh, You've lost your faith, and it's probably dwindled. You've not lost it completely, let me tell you, because you got a measure of it whether you believe it or not, because you're believing in something one way or the other. But can I tell you tonight in the Holy Ghost that God is about to restore your spirit before you leave this place so that when he says now, you can enter into now, and you can begin to walk in now and say, God, I know it's going to happen. Come on, would you clap your hands if you want God to do something in your mind? I thank God that somebody has always answered the call. Somebody has always stepped up to the forefront. Somebody has said, I'll accept the challenge. Thank you, Tucker family. You've accepted the challenge. 
you have our prayers. But guess what? You have not just accepted a challenge, but you've also been empowered by the Spirit. Why? Because they said, now they might have not declared this to you. Maybe they have. But they said, guess what? Hey, folks, we don't want to go. But did you hear it today? It's our time. It's our, we got to do this. We can't leave. It's hard to leave you. But guess what? We heard the Spirit say, now, go now. It's our time. And that's the purpose that God is looking for us to live in. To know that it's our time. It's high time that the church would rise up and begin to walk in the plan and the purpose that God is desiring for us. We were made for the reason to seize the time. And we were made to operate in the moment for which we have been destined. Can I tell you the story of a young man in our church who is a minister now? He's just like my buddy Dakota. I love Dakota. I don't know where he is. He's gone. He had enough Holy Ghost. Where are you, Dakota? Hey, wave at me, buddy. I love you. He came and hugged me when I came in and greeted my daughter, Isla, and our other daughters ran off to junior camp. So just in case you thought we were short, our other one just ran to junior camp in Mississippi. Uh, it's not that she didn't want to be with you all, but <laughs> that's all right. But can I tell you that there's a young man in my church, and he's an intercessor like young Dakota. That's what made me think of him. And uh, this young man would pray. I tell you the weight of souls that would come on him. I thank God for intercessors over there to break down the strongholds. He would pray and pray, God, use me in any situation. I saw that young man's parents leave the church. I saw his brothers, two brothers. He has four brothers. Two brothers walk out of the church. I saw his whole family get decimated. His mom and dad divorced and uh, living vile, vile lives after being saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and walk away from it all. That young man had a call on his life. And he said, God, if you can use me, use me. Do what you want to do in my life. It doesn't matter how broken I get. God, use me. And so he would live in that moment. And now I tell you, Brother Zach is his name. He would go. He would talk to anybody on the street. He would have you, have you laughing. And then the next moment he'd have you crying and praying and having an altar call right on the street. I love that young man. But young, one day he walked by a young lady that he had seen at his school. And this young lady would often stand on a bridge that he would pass on the way to school. And one time, just one time, he passed by. Didn't say anything, just said hello. That young lady barely responded to him. But can I tell you that the second time he passed by, she was in that same place again. And something really pulled and tugged on his heart says, you need to talk to her and just tell her I love her. That was Jesus saying, tell her I love her. Little did he know that even though he knew this young lady, that was what she needed to hear. Because she tells the testimony that she was about to jump that day off that bridge and give her life. But this young man said, I'm going to seize the moment now. And when he seized that moment, he spared a young lady from giving her life to something she did not have to. Can I tell you, you do not know what you walk by when you walk by a hungry soul. I know we get this disdain when there's people in the street and sometimes we just think I'm, they're going to, you know what, it breaks my heart. I have, my family would tell you, my girls, I train them. I said, give to anybody, just help anybody. I train them to go out and reach people that are broken because I want them to be sensitive to that. They will tell you that. 
But that young lady came to our church within two weeks. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. She got baptized. And she got up and she said, I was about to give my life up. But if it wasn't for that young man who is now her friend, if he didn't come and say, Jesus loved me, I would have never found such precious love. Can I tell you, we live to seize the moments. Don't waste one single moment. For there is somebody that is looking for you to tell them about the precious gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us very clearly that we only have so much time to do what God has called us to do. The psalmist said it like this in Psalmist, Psalm 31, 15. My times are in thy hand. God has given you his time. There is an appointment for somebody in this place today. It is not just the Tucker family. It's not just the Beak family. But there is many people in this room. I felt it in the Holy Ghost. And I've not preached this message everywhere, just in case you're wondering. No, I ask God, what do you need to speak to this church? This is what I feel for this church, this service right now. That God is setting up an appointment for somebody in this room to step into a moment of now faith. And when you step into that, God is going to do two things. One, He's going to restore you in your mind and in your faith. And it's important that you understand this. When you come to the altar today, I don't want you to be paying attention to somebody beside you. And I don't want you to be looking to see what your brother's doing. But you need a restoration in your mind and in your heart. Because God is saying, if you respond to faith today, then I can, I can use you to respond to those that are lost and dying in the world. It all starts with one small thing. It all starts with one small answer. And then God begins to call, begins to call, begins to call. I remember, I'm going to be transparent with you all. See, you're going to really know me before I leave, Brother Robbins. You're going to really know who I am. You might not like it. I don't know. I might not come back. But I remember when I went to go to Scotland. I went on vacation, folks. I did not go because God called me. 2006, I was going to see my parents, and I was going to visit them, and I got off the plane, and a heavy burden, I was so tired, but a heavy burden hit me like a bullet, and so we got in the car, we drove to the church, and I walked into the church, and I first went into prayer, now, there's another part of that story where I met my wife, I'll save that for another time, it's not important right now, because I can hear her saying, don't get the story mixed up. Went into the church, and I began to lean on the pillars that you would have maybe saw if you can remember it in the video. There's four pillars in our sanctuary. Began to lean on that and say, God, I'm just here for vacation. Will you leave me alone? Look, I just lost a few partners right there. (laughs) Will you leave me alone, Jesus? Not now. I'm busy. I'm here on vacation. But God in his graciousness, knowing, because a few years ago before that, before I ever went to Scotland, I got on bending knee after making some mistakes in my life. And I said, Jesus, I will never tell you no again. If you ask this old boy to do something, I will say yes to you no matter how bad, how crazy, whatever it seems. I will do what you tell me to do. And I will say yes. And so the Lord in his graciousness put that burden upon me again and says, will you say yes? I couldn't say no. 
I couldn't say no. I couldn't turn it off. Because I've destined my life to live in the moment that God gives me. If God gives me one single door, one single opportunity to witness to somebody, to tell them who he is, to share his love, to share what he's done in my life, I'm going to take that opportunity. And I will not turn it down because I don't, I don't want to underestimate what God can do in one individual. Can I tell you this? My wife told you the story of the Spanish church. During COVID, everybody was being hit. One guy comes knocking on our church door. Sir, he looked as dingy, as grungy as anybody could be. He looked out of shape. He looked whatever you could think him to be. That man knocked on my door and says, you got a couple minutes. And I couldn't understand him that well because he was speaking a little bit Romanian English. So I said, can you please say again, do you got a minute? I said, sure, what do you want to ask? He says, he says, I'm just a, a small nobody man. He says, but we need a place to worship. Can you open up one of your buildings? We have two buildings there. He said, can you open up the building and can you uh, let us uh, worship there together? So I'm thinking a small group. We don't think anything big. God's doing some great things. Our, our main church at that time, when we, we took it about 40, it's now running 175, thank God. It's blowing up. We can't even, we have to standing room some services. In the afternoon, our Spanish church is running about 75. It's, it's going. So I'm like, okay, God, what more can you do here? That man began to tell me that they were just hungry to come. So I said, can you tell me what you believe? And man, did I get excited when he began to tell me that he believes Acts 2.38, baptism of Jesus. I said, man, where have you been? Where have you been? He said, next door, I work next door. And I felt so ashamed that I had missed him. Because I go to the manager every few days and dropping metal off. It's a metal scrapyard and drop. He said, well, I just pass through there all the time. So he began to tell me what they believe. He said, we're a Romanian group. He said, I'm not a minister. We just have a few men and a few ministers. I said, well, guess what? When the opportunity presents itself, you can come. We'll open up our building. Well, my wife will tell you, the first service we opened up, the cars did not stop coming. It was a Sunday night, and all of a sudden, about 175 Romanian people came trudging down our parking lot, filled our street up, clogged the corners and everything else, and they packed themselves into our, our hall that could only fit about 180 people. And they came in, and they set up everything, and I said, well... We're going to have a service. They had, I'm telling you what, they love preaching. They had three preachers for the service. That was the longest apostolic service I had been in. Just in case you thought you are apostolic, go to a Romanian apostolic church. The service was almost four hours long. <laughs> so just in case some of you are all time in this, this poor missionary preacher, <laughs> we got a couple more hours. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so they started having church. Man, the Holy Ghost started moving. I didn't understand one thing. 
But then people knew how to pray. They would get down. They dressed like apostolics. They, they worshiped. They got passionate. Some of them smelled like beer and, 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 and alcohol. And some of them, they smelled like cologne. That was, and I was, it was a crazy atmosphere. I tell you what. But I didn't care. We were in the middle of it. And then all of a sudden, I pulled the, my friend over. I said, why didn't you tell me this? He said, well, I just told you we were a few people. I said, how many are there of you? He said, there's 600 of us. I said, what? He said, there's 600 of us. And he said, look, he said, he said, when I told the brethren that we were coming to your church, he said, the connection I felt with you, I went back and we prayed with those ministry and the people that were over these groups. And they said, we need this man to lead us and we need him to be a pastor in our life. And we need this man to be an influence in our life. Can I tell you, it's all because I opened up a door and said, God, what do you want to do right now? Come on, somebody, would you thank the Lord for an opportunity of now, now, now faith, now faith, now faith. In that one service, we had nine get the Holy Ghost, Brother Robbins. I tell you, they were slain in the Holy Ghost. We had a lady I found out afterwards she had been in a wheelchair for five years, never walked in five years. She was old, and they had given up on her. That lady got up out of that wheelchair, kicked it behind her, and started doing laps around the building. And the Holy Ghost moved like nothing. I tell you what, it was something that took over that place. 600 souls. Since then, now we, we oversee that remaining work we We administrate some things. We're getting ready to bring them into the fold. But can I tell you this? Over five years ago, there was one church in Glasgow of 2.1 million. Now there's a mighty church, our main church, New Life Church. Also Nueva Vida, which is our Spanish church, New Life in Spanish. And now there is New Life Romanian Church. And it is a glorious work. We also have four preaching points. We have Perth. We have Hamilton. We have... um, Excuse me, not four preaching points, two preaching points in Perth and Hamilton. And we got these other preaching points that we're already working into right now. I tell you what, you can look at my wife and I and just say we might be another missionary pastor through the door. But I'm here to tell you that's not who we are. That's not who we're going to ever be. We're going to be a missionary that says I'm going to answer the call today. And when I get back there, I'm going to answer the call again. And I'm going to walk by faith and say, God, what do you want to do right now in my life? Would you stand with me today? I feel the prophesy over the Tucker family. I tell you what, brother and sister Tucker, when you get there, if you will just walk in the Holy Ghost, if you will not restrain God, if you will walk in absolute faith to God, God is going to show you some people that are going to be the catalyst to what you're going to be ministering to over there. If you will walk in that faith, I declare it in the Holy Ghost that God is going to show you some things and he's going to expose that to you. Walk in now faith and see what God will do in your ministry in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. The Holy Ghost is in this room right now. Let's not restrain what God wants to do. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered? You could be sitting by somebody that could be the greatest catalyst that you could ever imagine. God has placed in our church an individual. We're going back, folks. This scares the living daylights out of me. We're going back for a building program. 
because we cannot contain. We've started a Christian school, 50 kids. We've got a high school going on now. We've got a, a, a community outreach programs that we're doing. We've been honored by the city. We're in the local parliament. God has opened so many doors for us. We're in the back of parliament. We're fighting some things to stand for Christian values in a country that is so, so rubbed off from all those things and, and so far from that. God has given us influence in that, and favor in those cities. But can I tell you? Don't underestimate who you walk by, who you're sitting by. When you go to a restaurant, be apostolic, be loving, be, be like Jesus was. Always ready, always willing, always compassionate, always ready to reach somebody. That's who we need to be. That's who I want to be. I don't want to be nothing short of what God is. And if I pray, God, you can change me, Lord. Don't just change me all to myself, but change me so that I can be a vessel that you can work through. Just think of the revival that will happen right here. I'm even picturing right now, maybe you already got it and I'm just far behind the times, but the school avenues, we need revival in our schools. Somebody say, man, I know you all need that because our parents are pulling them out. And we're doing other things. But maybe just a couple of us need to stay and say, hey, we're going to fight this thing. We're going to win the battle for Jesus Christ. Don't underestimate the moment of now. Can I say, I feel in the Holy Ghost. Pastor Robbins, you gave me liberty to say so. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about winning souls, but there is much, much more that is to the things of God. And there's people in this house... Maybe somebody has been on the last tether of your faith and you're saying, God, if you don't do something right now, I'm going to walk away from you. I'm going to lose out and I'm going to go do something else because you've not been real to me. But God's in this room and saying, I've just been waiting for you to step into now faith. I've been waiting for you to get out to where I need you to be so I can do all the work I need to accomplish in your life. There's some people that God has been urging you to do some things for him. Maybe it's answering the call right here. Maybe some things that your pastor has been preaching and the preaching that has been going forth over this pulpit. And I feel in the Holy Ghost that God is saying that he needs you right now to respond. This is not an apostolic play move. This is an apostolic move of now so that we can see that God would begin to restore the body, restore our mind. Because if you miss a moment of now, Just think of how long it will take before you get another moment where God asks you to do it again. Maybe there is future missionaries. Maybe there's future pastors, future young leaders that are in this room. And God is saying, I need you to step up, young person. I need you to be your best that you can be for me. Don't miss an opportunity of now. Maybe you need the Holy Ghost. And God is saying, I've been... I've been trying to give it to you, but now is the moment I'll do it today in this service. Maybe you've been thinking about being baptized in Jesus' name. Jesus said, he's telling you, now, today is the day of salvation. Right now is the day. This is the day that you can take that opportunity. You can walk in out of this place changed by the power and the touch of Jesus Christ. Don't you miss your moment. Don't you miss your appointment with the Lord. God is getting ready to do something in you. But why don't you come to this altar? Let him restore your mind and restore your faith. Restore your spirit today. 
Maybe you've been broken a little bit too long and God's saying, I'll fix you right now. Would you just let my handiwork be done in your life? Go ahead and let him touch you. Go ahead and let him work on you. Go ahead and let him mold your life into what he needs you to be. Come on, apostolic. Come on, hungry person. Come on, lover of Jesus. Reach him today. Find out what he wants to do in your life. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your appointment. Jesus, this is you and me. This is you and me, God. I'm here, Lord.